everyone, this is Nick Castle, better known as The Shape, and you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And Greg, I'm right out your window. and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that appreciates a good case of deja vu. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our month-long panic attack continues as we stretch out our necks to Reagan-esque proportions as we look back and listen to some of our favorite panic fest memories. And you don't have to be a soothsayer to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your clip hole. And of course, you can find us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and deja shenanigans. <laughs> Very nice. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, April 9th, Screenland Armor. Boy, boy, howdy, do they have your uh, te- your genre needs taken care of indoors? And virtually. The- Fuck yeah, they do. Let the panicking start right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, at, as of this point, as, as this episode releases, I will have already experienced the kickoff to Panic Fest with the brand new Nick Cage film. I'm excited for Incident in Ghostland. I, I, I'm so I'm going to be recovering potentially, but no, the entirety of the Panic Film Fest is kicking off this mm-hmm. weekend, and yes, they have theatrical screenings. And they have virtual screenings. In fact, virtual is kind of the way to go at this point, and there are multiple ways that you can experience all these. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, the virtual experience does get you access to a number of Q&As that are going to be put on by the filmmakers. Like special secret panel rooms, yeah. like, a, like a whole video game experience. The gathering. Yeah, just listen to our episode last week. Uh, Casey Canton was kind enough to come in and talk to us about come in. He, you know, zoom in with us. <laughs> But no, there is so much good stuff that's going to be going on that weekend and into the next weekend, mm-hmm. which uh, save the date, ladies and gentlemen, because if you're in the Kansas City area, April 18th, Ba-ba-da-ba! the game of games. That was very regal. Yeah, I it's like the game that. of games. It's very classy. <laughs> <laughs> we are bringing it back. And you know what? Guaranteed, because I am just so still kicking myself from the last one, because the last one was, I think... Probably our best one. It was a great game of games. If you were there, because the recording, <laughs> you had to be there. The you recording, had to be there. the recording is a little hot, and I promise you, the recording is going to work well this time. But no, we've actually been putting together uh, some new, not new categories, old favorites, because we just enjoy the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going to be testing your horror metal for trip for you know prize, and we do have prizes. Yes, we have prizes this time. We're bringing the prizes back. And- COVID. COVID-free prizes. That's right. Sanitized. Right. right down. <laughs> uh, but no, so much good stuff is. And of course, a number of podcasts are going to be having things. Uh, the Nightmare on Film Street podcast. That's dope. They were just recent guests on mm-hmm. our Pet Semi True 2 episode. Um, Colors of the Dark. Uh, just so many, so much good stuff that's going to be happening. Just go to panicfilmfest.com. Actually, you can also probably go to screenland.com. 
get your genre needs taken care of just yeah. so many different ways. Make your list now because they've announced all the movies and stuff and there's some good shit on there. I've got my opening weekend taken care of and I am going to get to see Jacob's Wife in Theater One. Nice. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Barbara Crampton in Theater One. Perfect. Yeah, that's the way to get the weekend going. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we are then celebrating our one-year anniversary of our launch on our Patreon. Hey, pallies. If you would like to become a Patreon pally and have access to actually what will be next Monday, our thoughts on uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. which I have a lot to say about that movie. Me too. And it's a lot of positive as well. Let me, me just tell too. you that. It's a lot of good stuff. Well, we have a, a tear for everyone out there. Everything from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. And quite honestly, our April commentary track is going to be released on, I'm just going to say it's going to be released on Alien Day, mm-hmm. April 26th. What's it going to be? Oh, I don't know. I'm excited for May's commentary too. Oh, May's, look, we've got a lot of good stuff on plan. <laughs> so if you'd like to have access to that content and so much more, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead oh goodness gracious okay if there's one thing that we say about the panic film festival what would you say what would you, what is that memories are made absolutely memories are made so many memories so many things that i will carry to my grave have happened at panic fest so many of my favorite movies to this day yes. have happened at panic fest panic fest it's truly a magical experience, it, it, and I can't wait to see what the new virtual. I can't wait to the memories that we're going to make this year, mm-hmm. whether they are virtually, whether they're actually caught on camera, potentially. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's no good. That is no good. Just don't friend me through there. I'm just in the arms of the angels. Watch out for that room. <laughs> That's the extra special one on gather. That's the one you don't gather. You need a passcode and a safe word to get in there and mm-hmm. to get out. Yeah, exactly. It's like an escape room. And again, that's another, that's something that holds such dear to me, that little thing. And you would have to go not necessarily dig deep into that because we did talk about it last week. But that's something that's built within the DNA of the show. Wolf Cop yeah. is one of that's gonna be your epitaph, my friend. I know. Remember doing interviews in the floral cage in the vendor loft of Doom? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was tinny. It was it was so oddly unique and just added to the flavor of Panic Fest. Mm-hmm. And I and that's the one thing I do remember interacting with people through there. They they just remarked on like the character of everything and just how much fun it was and just the intimacy of it. Yeah. And that's what I think really works really well. Aww, is the intimacy of it. Don't chew on that. Uh, is Charlie. Just, yeah, this is technically uh, Charlie's first episode that she is sitting in on right now. Um, that is, of course, oh, I... Should say, of course. Any speaking of memories, uh, would it, we'd have to go go said here? Of course, we always talk about the loss of our film family and our fur family. Mm-hmm. And here on the show, we've lost sadly two members. Um, way back in the day, we lost Kitty, and then you know, just last year, you know, last year we lost Owen. And what's crazy is you can hear them on episodes. <laughs> yes, you can. If you go to the, our Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter commentary episode. Owen's in the background constantly. <laughs> and I know Kitty used to love to come up here when we were doing the in the early days, you know especially she, when we talked about her. Well, you know what she used to love to do? Scare the shit out of me. That cat had the best timing when it came to scares. We've had some amazing pets here on the show, and you've heard me talk about Lola all the time on the show, and 
you've probably heard me go, man, I'm just, I don't know. You know, it's just, she's getting old and brittle mm-hmm. and just, you know, her poor back legs. And sadly we did take our last walk together on March 30th and she did pass peacefully on three 30, which just we didn't plan it that way. It just, it was, as it just happened. And of course, super sad, super sad. Yeah. I processed it, you know, for 14 years, I cannot tell you how many miles I walked with her, how many podcasts I listened to her with her, how many times I rehearse stuff we do here on the show when we, you know, do our introductions and stuff. Just as the introvert I am, I wouldn't listen to anything and just have my earbuds in, but just internalizing. But she was my constant companion mm-hmm. through the good times, the bad times. And with pets, as you now know, you never replace them. Mm-mm. You just get a new member. Mm-hmm. You now have Biscuit. Yep. You now have you have now you have three cats. You now. went from one to three, my friend. <laughs> one to three. We're not saying he's hey. becoming the crazy cat lady, but but it's right there. I'm on the cusp. And as it is here, you know, closing at one chapter, but another chapter starts, and I've got a new member named Charlie Baltimore, and she is sitting in right now over on the couch, which Lola never got up on the couch, even when she could, she never did. This one. Loves. She's claiming her stakes now. Yeah, and, and she already loves her Uncle Genius. She gets <laughs> yes, so she happy does. to see you. <laughs> there goes all that training is sitting down out the window. I know, right? I'm That's the okay. fun uncle. You are <laughs> the fun uncle. Shenanigans. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but no, we've started our walks, and in fact, it was kind of crazy. Um, I posted on Facebook in our little neighborhood little group thing about, hey, you know, I don't post here often, but just to let you know Lola passed because everyone knew Lola, and especially in the last few years when – you know, she didn't walk very well, as you have seen. I Plenty of times you were waiting for me to get here, and I'm just slowly trolling with her. And so I was like, you know, you know, she pat- gave her a lot of love. When I was walking Charlie our second night here, it was in the evening, and, like, with every street, like, at least two families would come out and greet us. Number one, to meet her, but then also to, you know, express their, pa- you know, right, uh, condolences. condolences. But they was just like, oh, it would crack us up to watch you walk so slowly with her and, and now just, you're being dragged <laughs> oh you need my. to break out your rollerblades again dude oh no she's terrified a rollerblader went by her and she lost her mind oh shit <laughs> but no she can move she lo- loves interaction you know she's the polar opposite which is probably what i need at this point but no you know just love lola loved her to death you know and talked about her a lot here on the show so i thought it'd be appropriate part of the memories mm-hmm. as so it is to welcome Charlie yeah. to and to say goodbye to Lola yeah. and all the to fallen friends and new familiar faces up there with Kitty and Owen. Yep, there we go. And thanks to everyone on the the social medias that did reach out to me again. I'm awkward in person and online, so it does mean a lot. But going back then here, I've made memories also at Panic Fest, uh, the movies, everything, the, the theatrical experiences, especially mm-hmm. Train to Busan. Might be one of my favorites. Are all, all of our ugly cries at that goddamn movie? <laughs> the three of us, just me openly weeping, you and Dustin, you're you're definitely seepage, Dustin trying to keep it cool. It was just such right? a great little contrast. <laughs> Ironized Dustin, just one single tear coming down his face. You would have thought someone had littered in front of him. It was crazy. <laughs> then the one cut of the dead, our first theatrical experience was magical. Palm. Oh, oh mm-hmm. my God. I, that was another one I teared up at. Um, even like little things like the barn yeah. was so much fun. 
uh, Low Life, the first time oh. we saw Low Life, and then we hosted with Luchador Masks. That was, a, again, a memory. Yeah. That's something I hold near and dear. What well, we do in the shadows. From the start of that film when he grins, from mm-hmm. the end of that movie, another magical moment. No, and it's been crazy that way. Now, we've been fortunate enough, though. But, but even like the misses, like the ones that don't quite hit right, like Death Sember, that was a memory made. Oh, oh you're going to carry that one to your grave, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I am. I yeah, mean, I am. <laughs> all sorts of memories. Right, all sorts. The what? good, the bad, the ugly, the behind the beaded curtains. Let's see what my son does on this podcast. Oh. Those kind of movies, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> and if anyone hasn't seen Death December, it's I, I really enjoy it actually, and I enjoyed it even more going into the film knowing what you experienced because <laughs> there is a particular animated short that oh my god or segment. Yeah, it's <laughs> you definitely don't want to watch with your mom right next to you. Memory made. <laughs> Memory made. <laughs> oh my goodness but fortunately though we've been uh lucky enough to participate in many forms like i said through the q a's through the podcast mm-hmm. and we literally started i remember our first live one was in the vendor loft and we were literally backed in a corner just talking for the most part yeah and it was fun because it was just seemed like when we were at a uh, festival, or not a festival, a convention. Uh huh, like a con, just like, like a just a fun panel. It had a feel because there were a lot of our friends up there selling their wares. You know, some of our artistic friends who are so awesomely talented, getting mm-hmm. a chance to show off. And here we are in the corner, just talking, laughing, dick and fart. You know, just like <laughs> and then progressing. Then I think the next year where we actually had a they had a podcast little area a, a specific for the podcast that mm-hmm. weren't the last house on the left, of course. And we were up there again. Played, I think maybe three people in the audience. Yeah, potentially, mm-hmm. which was I three more than I thought. Exactly. <laughs> audience was, of one, audience of hundred. And it's and then we finally then we went down I think to the vendor vendor loft of doom the yep the we were in the floral vendor loft of doom then. yes yeah before yeah. it was even a theater mm-hmm. that was when we did the first game of games yeah we did the first game of games there exactly we then advanced to theater number three the following year our first in theater podcast which we did a commentary track for some of the trailers that uh, movies that have played. And then we had the buffering incident. The buffer the buffer circle of doom. <laughs> a memory made. Yep, yep, yep. Although I will give us some credit there. If I hadn't mentioned it, I don't think anyone that was listening would have known. We, we, played we it covered cool. it. We covered it. We, we, we're, we're professionals. Well, then, uh, you know, advancing <laughs> then into theater two just only a year ago for the game of games. And it's just been so much fun. And, of course, it, the bucket item list. The live podcast with Joe Lynch. I know, right? It just, that was only a right? year ago. That was amazing. It was so much fun. There was so much, again, mem- so many memories made. And that's what this particular episode is. We, I don't want to say we're, you know, pulling, we, we're to that point where we have to do a clip show. But no, we actually, I do have content from back, from 2017 on. I don't have anything from 2016. I think that stuff is gone. It's in the ether. It's like our first Return of the Living Dead commentary. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it's being studied by top men. <laughs> top men. <laughs> but, no, this is going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. So the first clip is actually going to be from our live show from 2017. Ooh. And I'm just going to say this. If you drink every time I think, I think I say such as. Oh. <sighs> 
oh, you will be drunk. <laughs> and then just listen to the what's what's funny though with this clip is even back then there was some shtick going on and it, whether it was <laughs> planned or unplanned because it really never is it's usually organic it's just how it goes <laughs> so listen i hope you all and you know hope to see you all you know virtually or in person to make some memories with us this year but mm-hmm. no this is going to be so much fun so are you ready to go back to uh to memories uh fuck yeah the pandemic can't keep the uh, pan Blech. i fucked that up the pandemic can't keep the panic out there we go there we go well let's go ahead let's go back in time then let's do a <laughs> Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast coming to you live from the vendor loft here at the Panic Film Festival here at Screenland Armor. Panic Fest, how are our festers doing tonight? All right. Well, thank you Sounds guys for good. coming out. Uh, my name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we would like to welcome all of you to the fifth Panic Fest Film Festival, celebrating, exciting, a new genre filmmaking and filmmakers for you, the most deserving audience yes. I can think of. All the scary kids. I love it. This is so much fun. Panic Fest is so fucking fun in a bun. There's such a lovely, unique, eclectic crowd, including mm-hmm. a little, like, brand new born baby at one of the vendor tables. Yes, uh, who's adorable. And so I'd like to think we're kind of working into his eventual corruption. Right. So we <laughs> should... Pr- <laughs> so we'll probably have to keep it clean. Uh, but before we get going with everything, uh, I would like to go ahead and thank Adam Roberts and uh, Tim Casey Canton mm-hmm. for putting, number one, letting us uh, podcast, but also for organizing... This entire fest, Panic Film Festival. So yeah, without those two, this wouldn't, this even wouldn't be exist. Here. So yeah. before, yeah, before all of that, I want to make sure we get into that. And then secondly, um, how many of you have actually listened to our podcast, or at least familiar with it in a somewhat sense? One okay. person. All One right. person. That is two good. people. Yeah. So I want to just throw this out that we are not necessarily a comedic podcast. That is going to happen tomorrow night with the last podcast on the left. Okay. So we don't necessarily give the funnies. Uh, intentionally. Inten- well, that's your job, my friend. That is your job. But rather than go with the funny, we thought we would go with the feelies. In this case, this is the fifth year of the Panic Film Festival. And we are nerds of nostalgia hosting Nightmare Junket, so we thought we would go back in time a little bit and see some cool stuff about Panic Fest Pass. The ghosts of Panic Fest Pass. Very much so. In fact, it's going to be very much a Wayne's World when we decide I would have got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids let's see who the real villain of Panic Fest is Buck Flowers Goddamn kids getting all worked up and riled up and shit it wasn't the such as it was the and so when it came to my nerves particularly with that particular clip but hey you know what second live show in we're still figuring it out and speaking of figuring it out this next clip does come from the same show in which I talk about my love of Karin Kusama's The Invitation, and one genius McGee says, you know, I'll, I'll see that here pretty soon. And technically, it only took him four years to get around to seeing it when we talked to uh, Abiel Chasey this year in the month of February. So here I am lamenting my love of The Invitation. Okay, moving on. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. This movie I have not yet seen, much to your dismay, because you've been hounding me. It's not hounding, but like no. you got to see it, you got to see it, you got to see it, and I've yet to see it. Uh, we're talking about The Invitation. Karin Kusama's The Invitation, which, if you've listened to the Nerds of Nostalgia eh? podcast... Rebecca says, eh. Oh, no, and this is the, the first time I saw it was a few years ago at the... Uh, see, and it so, was okay. Eh? 
see, for me, the first time I saw it, I liked it. Um, I saw it at uh, the Dismember the Alamo uh, marathon at the Alamo Draft House. And so I purposely missed it this time at Panic Film Fest. But what I did was, after the screening, I wanted to talk to people and see the reactions. Because uh, I really enjoyed the film. However, it was the second time I watched it at home, dealing with just a lot of shit, that it hit me to the point that it is one of my f it was one of my favorites of 2016. Just in terms of a movie that shows you, if you don't deal with trauma, you are gonna be fucked, pardon my French. And I was dealing with trauma at the time and I realized I didn't wanna be Evie. I didn't wanna have that moment at the end. I'm not gonna spoil it, but oh my God, I was bawling, snot bubbles, just horrible, horrible. Hmm. But it, it affected me in such a way that to me, and that's, Ka Karin Kusama is also doing a segment in the uh, uh, XX, XX anthology film, so. And see, that's the good thing about, I mean, that's one fantastic thing about movies. I mean, you might have people saying, yeah, mm -hmm. it was all right. But you said it not only affected you, but it shook you to your core. It did, and it was—it wasn't—it didn't affect me this way the first time I watched it. So that's the beauty of seeing these films, watching films over and over again, is you get that chance to re-see it through different perspective. Maybe you've experienced something that makes that movie, like it did with me, just more meaningful and hit home. So yeah, oh my God, I'm—you may uh, fuck it. See the invitation. Oh my God, don't be an Evie. Okay, I don't get the reference. Which I think half our listeners are like, I don't get the reference, but Fucking okay. Greg. <laughs> no, I'm talking about for even for me. <laughs> All right, moving on. And our next clip is actually going to be coming from our very first game of games that we put on back in 2018. This is when we were in the vendor pit of doom at the time where theaters three and four now stand. And this was when the recording went really well. But boy, oh boy, can you hear the nervousness in my voice. And it's not so much the nervousness, but it's me trying to fill every single second. And I think it worked for the most part, but you can tell that I'm wanting to entertain really badly. And hopefully you will be entertained by this segment of Songs in the Key of Death from 2018, where we're listening to some of our favorite tunes and again, testing your horror metal. So let's see how you do with this round of Songs in the key of death. Three more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. So how do you guys feel you did on that first round? Are you kind of getting the, the, the swing of things here? Nailed it? Well, we'll see at the end here. We'll see at the end. So now, our next category, you guys, one of the segments we do on Nightmare Junkhead, we do it about once a month, is we, it's called What's the Score? Where we kick back and we listen to some of our favorite horror records, soundtracks on vinyl. So we wanted to give you a little bit of that here with our home version. So we've got a segment now. Our next category is called Songs in, in the, the Key, key of, of Death. Death. So we're going to play you 10 clips from a soundtrack, a score, and you have to tell us what movie is that coming from. Okay, does that make sense? We got 10 good ones here. Now, some of them are scores, some of them are soundtracks, so you're going to have to differentiate on those. You use, flex your muscles, flex your And again, muscles. you are going to write this down and turn it in, okay? You guys ready? <laughs> Spelling does not count necessarily on this one. No, no, it does not. So, our first clip. Let's see what it is. It was elegant. It was classy. It's classy. It has no right to be on our podcast. No, no, not on our show. So that was your first clip, you guys. Now here comes from song number two. Sing along if you know the words. Oh, 
The beautiful thing is it does <laughs> not give the movie away. Right. All right, so you guys got an understanding of this? Okay, let's look for song number three. Don't give it away, genius. It's so hard not to. I know we said it would be insulting to some, easy for others. Come on now, I hear it all. I've got, I've got, I'm watching you back there. Regina. Yeah, we see you over there. Uh-huh. uh-huh. All right, so that was song number three. Let's go to song number four, and I hope you guys are ready to party. I'm just going to say this. That's probably your last easy one, you guys. From here on out, they're going to be more advanced knowledge. So especially for you that are snubbing your noses at me, let's see what you got. This is going to be song number five. Good. I saw a few confused looks there, so uh, yeah, that's fine. That's I'm giving <laughs> it back to you guys. Did we stop you, Erica? Yeah. Yes. We're doing our job. So that was number five. Here comes song number six, and I'm saying this to you, genius. Control yourself. Seriously, man. I said control yourself. You're giving way I, too much away. I did. I didn't say anything because, you know, I got this. I got it right ready to go. I know that people at home can't see you, but our contestants can. And they're the ones that are playing for the prizes. You cannot give that away. Oh, man. <laughs> next one here. This is song number seven. This is going to be a little more next level. Let's see what you guys think. Aha, we got another shit out of it. I like that. Now, this next one is actually um, for our friends from the movie Crypt. Uh, this, is, goes, this one actually goes out to Joe Lynch and Adam Green. I don't know if there are any other, like Hecubus they might hear. Uh, let's see if we can sum up them. But this is going to be track number eight. Don't sing along if you don't want to give it away. Uh, yeah, that's already someone over there was about right. to. <laughs> now, this next one, this is our ninth track. This is going to be our litmus test on this one, you guys. Beware of anyone that might know this one. We'll leave it at that. For those of you who knew that answer right off the bat, you are the ones that I'm worried about, honestly. Oh, see, and some of them are scary. You guys are scary. They know. They know. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh Divers. Okay, this is going to be our last track for Songs in the Key of Death. Again, this is some next level stuff. Let's see what you think, what you can find. Once every year, as the 14th draws near, there's a hush 
all over the town While the legend they say on a Valentine's Day is a curse I saw a few fist pumps on that one, which is always a good sign. Uh-huh, and so a lot of head scratching on that one, too, which is also so, another good sign. I'm glad that we were giving a lot of love to Harry Warden back in the day as the, the love continues to go. Now, our next clip comes from the same year and the same show, The Game of Games. And this is Genius's main segment here. This one kills me. Uh, this is Explain a Plot Badly. Basically, you're having Genius uh, explain... The plots of movies through the filter, that is one genius, McGee. This has always been fun, and yes, this one will be returning this year, so enjoy, uh, explain a plot badly. So, genius, what are we going to do with this? Okay, so, I love horror movies, but explaining them to people are is hard. So, I came up with a couple of interesting horror movies that with a... Basically, play it explains the plot of the movie or a plot point, but it skews it for the normies. So, do we have any normies in the audience at Panic Film Fest? Emmy, you are far from normie. You you left your husband behind in the thing board game, okay? You are like exceptional. Okay. <laughs> okay, you ready? We are okay, ready. So, I'm going to remember, I'm explaining a horror movie plot badly, okay? So, we need the name of the horror movie that Genius is trying to explain horrifically. Now, I will tell you this, on some of them I'm looking for specific sequels okay he's so, being very anal retentive on this you guys he will not give false specific points specific th- specific things okay so players are you ready okay here we go question one underground worms crave bacon underground see worms, already someone just looked right? at us like that's horseshit that's easy Under- challenge me guys okay underground worms crave bacon two some dude dressed up like William Shatner visits his injured sister in the hospital. Some, and, <laughs> there could go two ways on that, but we'll see how it works. Yeah. Some dude dressed up like William Shatner visits his injured, injured sister in the hospital. What is number three, genius? Number three. A girl's creepy uncle has a weird S&M Rubik's Cube. A girl's creepy uncle has a weird S&M Rubik's Cube. Question the four. Lance Hendrickson recreates Charlie Brown's Halloween special. Lance Hendrickson recreates Charlie Brown's Halloween special. I will just say this. That got a laugh in the back, so you did well, genius. Awesome. Awesome. And this is also something to keep in mind. This is a podcast, so for our listeners that are not here in the audience, I want to make sure you are shouting these out aloud when you are either walking your dog. Or, or saying, what the fuck is he talking about? Either freak way. the people out around you. We right? encourage it. Okay, number five. <clears throat> a high schooler hates his new neighbor because not only does the neighbor keep really late hours, but also steals the kid's best friend and girlfriend. That, that sucks. sucks. Repeat that one more time for the cheap seats. <laughs> a high schooler hates his new neighbor because not only does the neighbor keep really late hours, but the neighbor also steals the kid's best friend and girlfriend. That sucks. Love the puns. Oh, oh wait, so we got a listener. <laughs> That's our one listener, yes. Yeah, there we go. You automatically get a prize. <laughs> one down, ten to go. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> number six. Through toil and trouble, pilgrims learn how to live deliciously. Through toil and trouble, pilgrims learn how to live deliciously. Now, are you looking for specific 
like the correct. Uh, I'm I'm being loose with this. Okay, one. okay. I'm, I'm being loose with this. Because you could one. go by what's on the poster. Don't give it away. Oh, okay. Oops. Sorry, sorry. My bad. Take that away. Right. God damn it, Greg. All right. <laughs> Number seven. An in-depth documentary on how Farmer Vincent's quality snacks are processed and created. An in-depth documentary on how Farmer Vincent's quality snacks are processed and created. That was number seven. Genius. Oh, oh no, not the tagline. We'll just take the title. But if no you want to put the tagline, no extra points, but brownie points nonetheless. Yeah. Cultural currency, Erica. Okay, number eight. <laughs> Herman Munster gets tendonitis while babysitting. Die, 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 die. Lily. Herman Munster gets tendonitis while babysitting. What could it be? What could it be? Uh, actually, for this Ooh. one, spelling does count. Oh, shit. Man, that makes more work on me, genius. You realize that, right? Oh, come on. No, sure. I'm a doctor. Not... <laughs> uh, number nine. Number nine. Here we go. This one, you're going to have to think about this one. A small business owner and his kooky family try to advertise their homemade chili on a small Texas radio station. See, now, see exactly. You're a horror snob, Eric. Right? You're looking at us like that's the one. She's like, "This is just so easy. You're insulting my horror intelligence." Once again, small business owner and his kooky family try to advertise their homemade chili on a small Texas radio station. What uh, movie is it? Now, this last one, number ten. I'm going to say, I love alliteration. Genius. Number, Robert. number ten. Here we go. Dr. Dan defeats devilish druids and their deadly disguises on the date of the dead. Dr. Dan defeats devilish druids and their deadly disguises on the date of the dead. Well, one of the things that we really enjoy, not only doing the live podcast here at the Panic Film Festival, but of course, when we're fortunate enough to be able to conduct some of the Q&As here, and this next clip comes from one that we did with Joe Lynch back in 2018, this was during the Mayhem screening, and this is when Genius asks him a little bit about his experience filming in a certain part of the area, part of the world that is, um, let's just say, well-known for a particular film. So we hope you enjoy this clip from our Joe Lynch Q&A back in 2018. Okay, so you were talking about how you were making not only this one, but one of my favorite new Christmas movies everly of all fucking time in Serbia. <laughs> so what is it like making... A Serbian film. Thank you, Adam Green, for telling them to tell this story. <laughs> uh, might want to buckle up on this one, kids. Uh, so, uh, has anyone seen a Serbian film? Do you Do know? You know the notoriety behind the Serbian film. Okay. So, uh, so for those who don't know, there's this fucked up movie called a Serbian film. That's about a porn star who uh, is hired by this crazy director to make the, his magnum opus. He blacks out, he wakes up, he watches the footage, and it really is some of the most beautifully fucked up shit that I have ever seen. Uh, there's a movie playing tomorrow night called Low Life that is... See this fucking movie because it's the, like, more commercial version of a Serbian film, if you want to put that on the poster. Uh, but but it, it, it gets under your skin. This movie is fucked. And, uh, and one of the most notorious scenes in a Serbian film is uh, the newborn porn scene. That's all I have to say for you to g grasp what that scene is. Um, but uh, long story short, so when we were making uh, Everly, I had already seen a Serbian film, and, uh, and, and it fucked me up. 
So uh, when we went out there, I slowly realized that half of my crew worked on a Serbian film. So whenever you'd mention it, it would be like, oh, say, you worked on the Serbian film. <laughs> oh, so sorry. We do not talk about film. They didn't, talk, they, they didn't call it a Serbian film. They just called it film. Uh, but they all worked on it, and it was, it was a very hard and disturbing experience for them. And uh, how many people have seen Everly? Anybody? Oh. You're all getting blowjobs after. Right. <laughs> Just going to line you up. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you guys know, that there, there's The Creeps, which is my big homage to Big Trouble in Little China. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm a reference guy. What can I say? Um, uh, but we, we needed those masks made. And this guy, uh, who was kind of like the local effects artist, uh, was willing to make them for us. So um, and, uh, he's like, so you come to my pad. I will show you my masks. I'm like, this does not end well. Like this scenario, no, this is, this is a cautionary tale if, if there ever there was one. Um, so I go up. Do you guys remember Angel Heart? Remember that, uh, like in Angel Heart, they would be going up these creepy elevators? Yeah, that guy had one of those elevators. So I'm sitting there going like, I'm fucking dead. Like there's no way I'm making out of this place, out of this place alive. So I go into his place, and it's, it's like a Fangoria mecca. Like, the guy's got Fangoria posters all over the place. I'm like, yeah, all right, this, guy, this guy's cool. Um, and we start talking, and he's a super nice guy. And uh, he goes, oh, so do you want to see something? <laughs> right away, you know. Like, this is, gonna, this is not good. So uh, he goes over to a shelf, and he, he grabs this thing that's all wrapped up in, in uh, like, bubble wrap, and he brings it over, and he starts to unwrap it. And as he's unwrapping it, I'm going, oh, fuck me, I know what this is. It was the newborn porn baby from a Serbian film. And again, if you've seen this movie, you're, you're, you're probably having jitters right now. Um, the, the, the sad thing about the newborn porn baby was that it, um, it had a hole. And it was requested by the actor uh, playing in the, the guy in the scene with the newborn porn. He's like, I want to, uh, I want to go method. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's life in Serbia, making movies. It's like newborn porn babies all over the place, gallons of blood from other films, fucking cats and dogs living together, pure chaos. Mass hysteria. Now, this next clip comes from our live show we did in 2019, where we put together a trailer compilation of uh, films that have played at the Panic Film Fest before, and we basically provided a you know, little fun commentary over that. Unfortunately, as in true Panic Fest fashion, uh, we had some buffering issues uh, over the Joe Lynch sandwich bit of trailers that we did. And you want to talk about hearing panic in my voice. Um, had I not mentioned anything, I don't think anyone would have been more the wise of what was going on at the time. But I had to uh, basically do some live commentary of the commentary of the buffering that was happening during the Knights of Badassdom uh, trailer. So what should have been about a two minute and 30 second little segment stretched into about five minutes. So this one was a lot of fun, but oh my goodness, true to true to the brand, I was definitely panicking. And now that's not a bad thing. That is actually something that you grow to expect with Panic, Panic Film, Film Fest. Fest. Yes. Now our next film, this is actually going to be the start. You talked about a sandwich. Mm -hmm. This is the start of our Joe Lynch sandwich. Now, hopefully, any fans of Joe Lynch out in the, in the audience? Excellent, excellent. So, 
Our whole thing is we'd like to be informative. So I'm going to ask you this. How many of you are familiar with the movie The Beastmaster? How many of you enjoy The Beastmaster? Oh, okay. Oh, the reason I ask is actually how many of you dig Knights of Badassdom? Joe Lynch is not a Badassdom. Okay, okay. And the reason I ask this is they were lucky enough, uh, Joe Lynch and Adam Green do a podcast called The Movie Crypt. They had Don Coscarelli on, who is actually the writer and director of The Beastmaster. And there, it's, it's growing a little thing there. It's okay. Um, ultimately, they asked him, they're like, hey, we love The Beastmaster. And he was kind of like, initially was like, oh, I don't know how to react. And they're like, what's going on? Well, it turns out The Beastmaster was not his cut of the movie. He does not like The Beastmaster. But for so many of us, we grew up with it. And he basically had this whole thing of, well, it's not my right to say you're wrong with a movie you enjoy. And I say that... Because Knights of Badassdom is badass. If anybody's haven't seen this movie, this movie is rad as shit. And like, it's weird to think that like it's not Joe Lynch's cut because it's super Joe Lynchian. And that's the thing. This movie, this cut of his film, is not his cut. This is a film that he doesn't right straight denounce, but he realizes this was not his image and his vision of and the film. And it's got a McPoyle. So how can you go? It's got it's got a McPoyle. It's got Tyrion Lannister. It's got the, it's not about everything you need in a film. It's got uh, River Tam. It's got all sorts of stuff in it. Well, you it knocks and that off. guy and the other guy and Steve's on. It knocks off everything you need for a genre good genre picture. And unfortunately, as we're continuing to, th- we're we're running into some some technical issues here with the trailers. My yeah, he's got the, the. That's what he does. He drinks and he pauses. And he pauses things. He, he if Tyrant Tyrion does anything, he's a good bufferer. Right. Let's face that. But also, this is a film that, like I said, Joe Lynch had an issue. He's like, as much as I denounce this film, as much as it's not necessarily my vision, who am I to say if someone enjoys it that they're wrong? And when they had that chance to meet Don Coscarelli and, and he that shared dude. that view, it's awesome. It's just such a nice little thing. Now, I got to ask, is, are anyone here LARPers? Anyone? No. Would anyone admit that in polite company? Okay, I should change. Okay, question. Is any, who's gone to the Renaissance Festival before? There you you're go. LARPers. You're, you're LARPers. LARPers. You might be unofficial you're LARPers. LARPers, but you're LARPers one way or the other on that one. Wow, this might be the longest trailer, I think, unfortunately, for Knights of Badassdom. Hey. We, we might continue another way without it. Now, the other thing that we love with the whole Knights of Badassdom, the Joe Lynch, the was anyone here for last year's live Movie Crypt podcast? Jenny was. Yeah, <laughs> of, cor- of course she was. Check them out. We are always huge fans of, you know, promoting other podcasts out there. Cult Podcast, the, the Horror Virgin Podcast, the Who the Hell Is This For podcast. All of these things are wonderful. We wanted to make sure to give love. Oh, no. I, I think- love when it stops at Steve Zahn's goof face. You know, does Steve Zahn have any other face than Goofface? Than Goofface, no. I and don't I'll, think so. I'll give actually yeah, some love to a little. Uh, what is it? Joyride. Yeah, Joyride is rad. Joyride With, is uh, Lily Sobieski. Or yes, and Paul Walker. God rest his soul. He is doing okay. <laughs> well, actually, this is technically Knights of Badassdom has actually come somewhat of a heavy metal horror flick as well. We've been talking almost five minutes for Knights of Badassdom. For a two-minute trailer. This so. could be very interesting as it is. Um, I will say this also regarding the, the trailers themselves. We are huge fans of trailers, regardless of... Trailers are the best fucking part of the movie. Like, growing up, like, if I didn't, if I went to the movie late and didn't get a chance to see the trailer, I was sitting there mad through the whole movie, like... I would be stewing. And if you've been to any of the movie marathons we host, we always put together vintage trailers, all that kind of good stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, the, the buffering. We're, 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 we, I, we're, we're not I just, even on the internet. Okay, so. 
That's actually, yeah, we, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Is it just, is it just the internet, I think? Okay. Okay. That's okay. Um, I'm trying to think, because we've, we've got our next trailer we're going to transition to as we slowly kick some ass. All right, there he goes. He's drinking and he's knowing things. And I'm McPoyle. I'm telling you, whenever you can put an always sunny character in there, you got a good movie. It's usually no. That's regardless. And anytime you can incorporate a McPoyle, whether it is in the movie Upgrade, hopefully some of you saw that and you realized there was a Robo McPoyle in there. Maybe not officially on the the the, the family tree. Kind of a side shoot, I think, from that. But as we get through the entirety of our Knights of Badassum trailer, yes! there we go. So. And our last clip and a little bit of memories that we made does come from 2018. And this is when we were lucky enough to conduct the Adam Green Q&A after his screening of Victor Crowley. And here we have Genius asking a little bit about one Felissa Rose who, I'm not saying steals the movie because there's a lot of scene stealers in this flick, but man, she is next level. And just to hear how much she loves the genre, she loves Adam, she just loves everything, it's perfect. And it kind of gives you almost the, the best kind of encapsulation of what we do here at the Panic Film Festival. We celebrate genre in so many different ways. So hope you enjoyed this clip. Hope you enjoyed our little uh, look back at some of the memories that are made. And we plan on continuing to make memories this year and into all the following years. So enjoy this bit with Adam Green and we'll see you all soon. This movie is just filled with like a lot of great character actors. What was it like working with like Felicia Rose and Tiffany Sheppis? And when you did, were you like, so Felicia, I think I'm gonna do something to you. <laughs> you know, it's these movies are sort of known for having a all-star horror cast each time, and not only as cameos. Uh, I, I, one of the things I can't stand about our industry is that if you become well known for something, especially in the horror genre. Uh, you're so typecast as that person or that thing for so long. So many people, until I kind of came along, even knew that Kane Hodder was as funny as he is. And I mean, from Holliston to, uh, to <laughs> the Dyer Van Frankenstein, um, I've had him do love scenes, comedy, dancing, all kinds of stuff. So after the first Hatchet came out, every convention that I would appear at would become like a, kind of a receiving line of the other appearing celebrities being like, all right, how do I, how do I get in on this? Like, what, what do I got to do? And uh, Felissa and I just become friends. But I think everyone knows, like, I'll, I'll tap them in when it's the right part. And because uh, a lot of people are always like, how come no Bill Mosley yet? How come, no? like, it's, it's coming. Um, but Felissa, whenever she tells stories about her uh, childhood agent, that is her agent. Like, that's how her agent spoke. That's the whole thing. <laughs> so that was what I based the character on. So almost all but, all but four roles were written for the people that you saw playing them, which I think is why they shine, because they were tailor-made for them. Um, but Felissa, when I called her, because remember, this was a secret. So I would call each person, invite them to Aeriscope, and then I would explain what I was doing after they had signed a non-disclosure agreement. And when I told her that I wrote a part for her, first she started crying. But then when I said what it actually was, she literally <laughs> fell to her knees because she's such a fan of this and she, she couldn't breathe. And then uh, she said, can I, can I tell my husband? I'm like, yes, you can tell your husband. <laughs> Just nobody else. And so we're driving to go do the movie crypt, which at the time we were still recording somewhere else, not at our studio. And in the rearview mirror, I'm looking, and she's sobbing in the car, and all I can see is... 
Um, but when she saw the way she dies, she was so excited because it's, it's always been trying, with the first one, sort of the pinnacle moment was Mrs. Permatio getting her face ripped in half. Yep. And I think with Hatchet 2, between the, the chainsaw double kill, the, the curbing, uh, Tony Todd getting torn out of his skin and still being alive, I, I was like, yo, we definitely beat Mrs. Permatio. And the fans are always like, still haven't beat Mrs. Permatio. Fuck. And then the third one, I wrote, I produced, I was there every day, especially through post and editing. I mean, I might as well have taken a directing credit on it, but I wasn't directing on set. You know, I was there, but I was writing season two of Holliston and this thing, Killer Pizza. So I was supposed to take a complete backseat on three, but through circumstance wound up not. But uh, there were some deaths in there that I think should have been uh, good enough to rival that. And um, so with this one, I'm like, all right, like, what have I not seen before? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless there's a special like you porn category right. for that, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because if you're gonna fist somebody, you can usually only get like up to. <laughs> not, not unless you're Victor Crowley. No. Right? 